Okay, yeah. So if I'm teaching them that, the adults need to know that too. We are a team. When you walk through those doors and you sit in these seats, we're a team. You might be the last person picked for the team that came in late, but you're still on the team. Where I am weak, he is strong. Where he is strong or weak, I am strong. And he's told y'all lots of stories, and I know my name's come up a lot in his stories. But in the reality is, I definitely have no problem with financial belief. I'm rich beyond all measure. You tell me I'm poor, I'll call you a liar. Because you're lying. Because God didn't make me poor. God made me joint heirs with the king. Are you joint heirs with the king? Amen. When you're joint heirs with the king, you got money. Whether it's in the supernatural, in the physical, wherever, it's going to come to you. So pastor, you know, I don't know how he is now. He used to be like, I don't know where the money's going to come from. I said, I ain't broke. <laughs> we broke. They, there's zero in the account. No, we ain't broke. I would never say it. Because you get what you say. That is where your faith lies. Mm -hmm. Your faith lies in the words that come out of your mouth. That's right. So, with him, healing. This is the healing guy. <laughs> Notice I'm doing that. Because I have all the attacks of the physical issues. So, for me, it's hard to believe in healing. Until I came across what I brought out on Mother's Day. When we say, I have faith in you. I know you can do it. I believe in you. And we say that to Jesus about his word. Mm -hmm. His word said, I'm healed by his stripes. Mm -hmm. 1 Peter 2 and 24, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Truly upon our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he did esteem us stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but yet we were wounded for his transgressions. The chastisement of his peace was upon us, and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Come on now. Amen. So he said it, pretty sure he meant it. Now we just got to keep our faith in there and add it to it. Amen. Because here's the thing the devil wants to do destroy any faith you have. That's right. How many of you have faith and belief in another person? Grandkid, kid. I believe that I have a grandkid that drives me crazy. I've got to change that belief because it's true. And <laughs> I've got to change that belief to that grandchild is blessed, healthy, anointed, and a child of God. Amen. There's an anointed calling on her life. There's an anointed calling on his life. There's an anointed calling on their life. You know, I got two daughters. Y'all met them. One's, uh, one's, uh, you know, you got the one, the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes one can be good while the other one's bad, the other one can be bad while the other one's good, and then there's ugly in between. I took a lot of prayer for them too. And I'm still doing it because I'm going to tell you something, you don't stop praying for your kids. And it's not just your children. I have to have faith, and this is where I'm going to get to. Y'all are going to go a long way around and come back around three times. What I'm trying to way. I'm, I'm going to do something and knock them off. So, we've got to have faith to take back what Satan stole from us. But what did he steal? What did he steal? For me, he stole my daughter. For me, he stole one of my grandkids. For me, he stole my mother. For me, he stole my dad. 
I don't call him father because I only have one father, and that's Abba, God. He says, call no man father. That's right. Word of God says it. So I have a dad that he stole from me. I have brothers and sisters he stole from me. He stole one of them so early that she died before I, I don't even know if she saved. 34 years old, stole her right out of this world. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's stealing from us every day. For the last few days, he's tried to steal my joy. He succeeded a few times. I wanted to fight. I won't deny it. But not again. I say that nicely because when I say I want to fight, I want to beat the devil up. Because I recognize it's not the people. It's the devil. The devil is behind everything that is happening that is trying to steal your joy. People can't steal your joy unless you give it to them. So naturally, we're not going to give our joy over to a person. So what happens? The devil uses people without them even knowing it half the time to steal your joy by saying a word, a comment, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So our job, because he's taught about faith, other people have to come up here and talk about faith, take back what the devil has stolen. Amen. So I'm going to go over this. Most people try to, to divorce the two things, which is supernatural and or spiritual and physical. Putting natural life in one corner and spiritual life in another. But the truth is, excuse me, you are a human being. You live in a natural world. At the same time, however, you are a spiritual being, a spirit, and you live in a spirit world. You must learn to combine the two and with God and become ex an explosive force in both areas of your life, okay? What we do in the physical is manifest in the spirit and vice versa. Anything you do in the spirit, when you're in the spirit speaking in tongues or you're in the spirit laying hands on someone, you keep doing like a thing, Phil, um, it's going to be manifest in one way or the other, okay? When we're praying for someone and that breakthrough comes, let me, let me put it this way. We're going we're gonna to try this tonight, too. This is going to be part of the, the lesson. How many of you, just by show of hands, have someone that you would love to take back their salvation from Satan who stole it? You have someone who stole their salvation. Mm -hmm. Satan steals their salvation. How he does that is he gets them back in the world. Do you have a loved one that Satan has stole their salvation and you want to take it back for them? Amen. Because by faith we can. Mm -hmm. We can take it back, but we've got to believe what we're taking back. We've got to stand on that word that says we can have what we say. And we can take back the things that the devil has stolen from us. It was not God's intent for Satan to take the children of God out. It was his intent for us to be strong in faith. It was his intent for us to be strong in Jesus. It was his intent for the Holy Spirit to be so strong in us that the devil couldn't touch us. Now, how many of us have allowed Satan? Well, let me skip that. I'll move on, God. 2 Peter 1 and 3 says, According to his divine power hath he given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Notice the word hath in the scripture. Hath is past tense. Present tense or future tense? Which one is it? Have. 
has kids in school who just got out. Past, present, and future. Past. It means past tense. What scripture was that? First Peter one and three. Second Peter one and three. She right. <laughs> so if somebody has done something for you, then it's yours. If I go to Bonnie's house and I plant flowers for her, I did it as a gift, I can't take those flowers back because I already planted them and they're hers. And when they bloom, she gets to enjoy them. I can go by and look at them and say, yeah, those are nice. But they're Bonnie's flowers and then the more she nurtures them and takes care of them, the more they become more yours than just a gift. So the more we take from God what he gives us, he doesn't say he's going to hit you in the head and say, take this. He doesn't do that. He says, I'm laying this out before you. I wish I had some little things I could lay out here and have y'all come and take one. Because if you don't take it, you don't get it. Same with God. If you don't take it, you don't get it. That's right. He gave it to us. He gave us faith to take back what Satan stole from us. So, in Mark eleven twenty four, we know that it says, it, receive. I'm just going to go through this. Someone wrote the word receive in Mark eleven twenty two uh, twenty four 24, could be translated, take with force or seize with a grip that cannot be shaken loose. Now, there's another scripture, I don't know exactly where it is, but it says that the violent taketh it by force. Mm -hmm. That means we take what God gave us by force because guess what? While God's standing here doing this, handing it out, Satan's over here trying to grab it before it reaches you. If he can get a hold of it and throw it away, you never really got it. How far away is your hand from God's? Should be right there in it so that the transfer can be made. Receive what God has for you. How, you may ask? Well, by reaching up in faith and taking it. Why do we reach up? Well, God ain't down. If you reach down, you ain't taking it from Satan. If you reach up, you're getting it from God. So which one do you want to get it from? Okay. The problem that most people with most people is that they're waiting for God to come over them and hover over them. You know how a bee hovers over a flower waiting for it to give it, get its right bearings and get that nectar and stuff? Mm -hmm. They're waiting for God to stand on top, over top of them with a little watering pot and then get excited. God just poured out a blessing. Yay! Yay! You want to shout with me? Yay! No, God poured out the blessing on the church 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ himself, suspended between heaven and earth on that rugged cross, said, it is finished. So therefore, that blessing happened 2,000 years ago. I'm going to step on toes and I'm going to be sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance. And if not, okay. Um, sometimes, have you ever been in a church service where someone says, oh, I just got a blessing of God. Well, yeah. But we got those blessings 2,000 years ago. So it, wasn't, it didn't just happen. They just took it then. 
makes a difference. The blessing didn't happen that day because somebody sung a nice song or there was a good prayer done. Somebody decided, I'm taking it. So they took it. When they took it, they got happy, they got excited, and then, you know, it looked like a blessing just got poured out. What the devil does to confuse us? Everything is there waiting for you to take it. Jesus died and went into the pits of hell, fought the enemy, and then he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, ascended, sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he purchased all there is in life and goodness, and he has given it to the church. So if he's already purchased it, why are we still fighting for it? That was a freedom God take it home. We don't have to wait for God to come by and pour us out a blessing. All we have to do is know who we are in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ tonight? Okay, wake up. Do you know who you are in Christ tonight? Amen. Are you excited to be saved? Amen. Get happy. Shout. Don't make me be the only one being happy. All we have to do is know who we are in Christ and what we are in Christ. What are you in Christ? I'm a nana, I'm a mama, I'm a, a pastor's wife, I'm a teacher, I'm a, a praying person, I'm a speaker. I'm whatever Christ needs me to be. What the world says of God, okay, what we are in Christ, what the word, what the word of God says, not the world, world out there, the word of God says, reach up, take it, it belongs to you. And get happy about it. Goodness gracious. To me, it seems like we are more pity poo than any. Well, I don't know. I don't Come know on. how to say it. Come on. In Acts 1 and 11, it said, Why did you, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up to heaven from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you've seen him go to heaven. And then the angels added this. Now go do what he told you to. Come on now. I didn't say it. Well, my name's Angel, but I didn't say it. They did. So should we go do what he told us to? That goes for you kids, too. Y'all got jobs. Jesus didn't do this all by himself. He was preaching at the age of 12. Think about it. So the same circumstances that caused Peter to sink in the, when he was walking to Jesus are robbing modern Christians of their happiness and joy and are keeping us from taking what God has already given us. By faith. Like Peter, we have begun to look, listen, and feel the power of the enemy. We've gotten our eyes off God and the things of God. The wave of depression. These are the things that are knocking you off your walk toward Jesus. If I was to walk down this aisle and Jesus was standing there, these are the waves that would try to knock me over. Waves of depression, sadness, sickness, disease, the short bank accounts that have become a part of our everyday life. The first thing that is robbing us is that we feel. Peter felt the wind blowing on him. You can't see the wind. You can feel it, the effects of it. In that way, it's like the Holy Spirit. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can certainly see the effects of the Holy Spirit, for he is tangible. 
just like the wind is. Can you feel the Holy Spirit inside of you? Yes. Can you feel when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something that looks crazy to the entire rest of the world and the church? Like get up, dance. Pastor does that a lot. It's kind of weird. I like his weirdness though. And then secondly, Peter was affected by the things he saw. He saw threatening waves. What kind of things do we see today to shake our faith? Oh, here's a good one. We see television newscast. I refuse to watch the news. It's a sin in my house to watch the news. I make pastor go somewhere else. I can't take it. I, I can't. It's like, it's so depressingly... For me, it's because it's all about children. Just about every news story, there's a child missing. There's a child killed. There's this that happened with a child. This happened with... And, and we're talking 18 years old and under as a child. Okay. Or this child committed a crime. This child killed someone. This child did this. This child, you know. This is what the world is becoming before Jesus comes back. He said it in his word. It's going to get worse before it gets better. My paraphrasing, just so you don't know. The newspaper and magazines filled with reports of fear, doubt, unbelief, and depression. We feel the pinch of inflation every time we go to the grocery store or pull up to the gas station. Let's be truthful, we know gas is high now. Mm -hmm. We can reach up with both of our hands of faith. Not our hands, our hands of faith. When we listen to the word and the faith builds up in us through the word, it's supposed to come out through us as the hands and feet of Jesus. And as it does, he gives us that opportunity to take the hands filled with faith, reach up and say, God, you gave it to me. It's time. I need it. I want it. I'm taking it. You're not being rude to God because he's been sitting there waiting for millennia for people to take it. You know how heavy that stuff gets on him, holding it up, waiting on you to come get it? Probably not, but I'm saying. In Philippians 4.19, he says, All your need, according to his riches and glory, through Christ Jesus. All your needs. We don't have to know how God's going to supply what we're reaching up by faith and getting. Whether it's a healing, or it's pulling our kids back from the pit of hell, or our parents back from the pit of hell, and bringing their, their situations to the altar, and claiming by faith. I'll tell you why I say this about, about the salvation. I'm going to read you a little story about this name. This little old man went down to the altar one Sunday and he claimed his wife's salvation. After he claimed it by faith, he had a great Pentecostal time in the altar. It was a hilarious time. He was dancing and having a good old time. It was like joyous time they had on the day of Pentecost. You see, by faith, he took it then. A few days later, his wife attended church with him, went to the altar and received her salvation, prayed through for her salvation. He never told her what he did. Somebody finally asked the husband, aren't you excited that your wife is down there? And he replied, 
Remember the other night when I got excited? I accepted it by faith then. I saw it then. It's old news now. Why should I get excited now? It happened a week ago. <laughs> That's what faith does. Faith rejoices in the moment of taking. Faith doesn't rejoice when it manifests because it's old news then. It has already taken place. So what we got to remember is when we are doing stuff by faith, when we say we have faith for this, or we have faith for that, are you rejoicing in that moment when you claim that? When you claim what he has given, are you rejoicing that it's done? I'm guilty. But the Spirit of God told me today, stop letting the devil take your stuff. Your people, your family, your health, your sanity at times. Stop letting him take your thoughts. He can do that too. Because we let it. So from now on, talk in faith. Take it by faith. It may look bleak and never relinquish. When you get a hold of that by faith, let me, let me try this. Sister Jane, where'd she go? She leave me. Sister Jan took something by faith. She had cancer. And she took her healing by faith. She held on to it. I watched her. She held on with everything she had. You don't let go. When you reach up for that healing, that person in your family to come out of that dark place, for the salvation of someone in your family, you have got to stay with the grip of death on it. Because the devil's going to come and try to pry your fingers loose. He's going to try his best to get you let go. And when he lets you, when you let go, you've lost it. Not only you, but whoever it was for, if it's not for yourself. So we've got to have a death grip on that thing. Let me see. There's ways to combat Satan. Let me ask this question. How many of you have seen Christians from different denominations, all walks of life, and they look like the saddest, most upset people in the world every single day you see them? <laughs> every day. Not just, you know, it's like if they cracked a smile, their face would break. <laughs> if they giggled, their ribs would crack. So they don't believe that they can live in happiness down here. When, you're at, when you get to that point, you don't believe. Because if you believe the word, it says we can all live in happiness. It says that all of us can live in prosperity. It says that all of us can live in health. It says that all of us can live with spiritual authority. It says that all of us have become joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are sons and daughters of God. Amen, right. Neither we are or we ain't. I am. I'm one of the crazy ones he is. So, in Matthew eleven twelve, y'all can write these down. It says, I'm, I'm going to go over this, kind of paraphrasing some things. It says, do the same thing with the Word of God. When the devil comes to steal what belongs to you, take that Word of God and begin to say, it is written, Mr. Devil. It is written. I take it by the word of God and by faith, you will find the word of God says it in Matthew eleven twelve that the violent take the kingdom by force. Mm -hmm. That kind of makes me wonder, should we be all meek and mild and pitiful? 
Mr. Dale, could you please take your hands off my stuff? I'd appreciate it. No, you don't want to today? Maybe I'll come back tomorrow and talk to you about it. You sure you don't want to do it? I could really appreciate it if you'd do it. No, you don't want to? Okay. Are you sure? Now, I know it says somewhere in the Word that you gotta. And he's over there laughing, going, Yeah, like I'm gonna do what you say. You ain't got enough faith to, to do your little finger. So, do we do meekness? Or do we say, Satan, take your hands off of our stuff right. in the name of Jesus? Right. Do we say, Satan, it is written. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is written by his stripes I am healed. It is written that I am a royal priesthood, a righteous generation. I'm probably screwing that all up, but y'all know what I mean. Y'all can look that one up. I'm going to urge you. But we are all these things, and we need to tell him what we are. Jesus went into the desert for 40 days, and he told him three times, it is written. That man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written that we shall not tempt the Lord our God. Yes. Satan, get thee behind me, for we shall worship only the Lord our God. Guess what? He has a lead. I don't think Jesus was nice about it. I think he was hungry. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's out there 40 days. He's hungry. And he, he, he hungry, he tired, he thirsty. So he's hungry. Needed sneakers. And he ain't gonna play with no games with Satan. He's like, get away from me. I'm hungry, I'm tired, and I will punch you in the face. I really believe he would have said that to him. But instead he used the word. Same thing happened with Michael, the archangel. When Satan was thrown out of heaven, Michael never spoke against him in a negative way. He said, the Lord rebuke thee. Rebuke thee. Almost like one word. The Lord rebuked thee. Michael didn't say, you know what? I've had enough of you. I'm the top guy up here. This is my army. You need to get on down there to hell where you belong. Y'all be ashamed of yourself trying to come up against God. Who do you think you are? You ain't nothing. That's, Michael could have said that. He could have said all that and been absolutely correct. But instead, because... Lucifer was created by God and he was supposed to be a, he was a creation of God that decided that he knew better than everything Michael still didn't speak against him because it was something God created so therefore Michael protected the reputation of God by saying God's words to Satan who was Lucifer at the time that he turned into Satan Beelzebub, all those names so, if an angel won't talk bad about the devil, what right do we have to talk bad about pastor? Come on. That's right. What right do we have to talk bad about me? Well, y'all can't help here. But what right do you have to talk bad about Sister Bonnie? What right do we have to talk bad about Cain? He's actually a child in the class. His name is Cain. Not Cain, the guy that killed the guy. <laughs> what right do we have to talk or pick on or disparage or speak against any person God created. Yeah. You know, y'all heard the phone call from heaven, right? Where the guy says, we ain't gonna talk about our neighbors no more even if they ain't no good. He's telling God this. Even if they ain't no good. He had to add that in there. I don't think God was like, God was like, no, you can't talk about them at all. 
So that's one thing that we need to take back is our tongues. We need to take back control of our tongues from Satan. Someone once told me, if it ain't in me, it wouldn't come out of me. If I didn't have anger in me, anger wouldn't come out. True statement. How the anger got there, I don't know yet. I'm working on that. But I'm trying to pray and work it out with God to get it out. Now, faith has two ways. There's two options with faith. You can either have faith for all the good stuff, the glorious stuff of God. Blah! Y'all should have been singing instead of me. Or all the bad stuff of the world. <laughs> the bad stuff that you take is sickness. You have faith, you're sick. Have you ever wondered why, if you have a symptom, a tickle in your throat, a sneeze or two, next thing you say is, I think I'm getting sick. I believe every word of your confession of faith. That is a confession of faith coming out of your mind. You are confessing that you believe you are getting sick. And the devil's standing there waiting, going, got that one. Mm -hmm. Then you got somebody over here, same symptoms. Mm -hmm. Now you walk now. Standing over here, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm healed and I am blessed because the word of God says so. And Satan's like, we can't touch that one. Boys, we need to work on this one over here. Mm -hmm. So they come back over to this one. This one's in a coma in about a week. See my point? Mm -hmm. well, you get what you say. It's a basic concept. You get what you say. You can either use your faith for good, you know, like good versus evil, Batman, Robin, and all that. Or you can use it for bad, the Joker, the Penguin, all the bad guys in the comic books. So you can either use it for good or bad. If you're tired of being sick, start using it for good. If you're tired of the devil attacking your finances, your children, your home, your life, use it for good. Use that word against him. That is our sword, our weapon. If you don't do nothing with it, it don't do you no good. <laughs> Pastor got Y'all know he's got a gun. I'll just tell you. He got guns. If someone broke in and he just looked at the gun and said, well... I got something to stop him with, but it's just, you know, gun, do your job. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What will happen is somebody will be coming in, I'll be beating Pastor to the gun, and I'll be pulling the trigger. Because I ain't, I ain't above using the weapons, okay? Whether it's the Word of God or physical weapons. The point is, if we just sit there and look at the gun, the guy's going to kill us. We letting the devil kill us by looking at the weapons that God has already given us and letting him do all the beating. Mm. He's doing all the breaking in and all the stealing and all the killing and all the destroying. Mm -hmm. And he's doing it. He's really good at his job. Let me tell you what he stole from me. He stole my sister at 34 years of age. She could have got saved. I don't know if she did. She could have been her last breath. Never will know until the end and we all get together. I took her to church many times. She was one Satan really wanted. I know this. My concern is she got her. Because he took her out before she even, even before her kids even got grown. So she never got to see grandkids. She never got to see her sons get married. She never got to see any of that. 
So on to something happier. What faith takes. Never release your hold on God as he reaches down and offers you the provisions of life like I just said. You got the weapons, use them. And you know what? They're going to make you look stupid, some of them, because they're weird. And you're going to be shouting in the street at some, and somebody's going to be like, what are you talking to? Devil. I don't see no devil. He's there. Have you ever had an argument with the devil in your car? I have. I've had one with God, too. But what's weird is when people stare at you, because they're like, okay, she's nuts. I talk to myself in the store, too. That's something I will let you in on. I will sit there and have a conversation with myself because I'm talking to God out loud about, God, do I really need to go this way and get that? Is that something I really need to have in, in my, you know, I'm, I'm asking because I want to be sure I'm not killing myself, which sadly we all are. So when you're in the car and you're having an argument with the devil, people are going to think you're crazy. And they're going to be, you know, getting in the farthest lane away from you. Or if you're walking down the street talking to him. I mean, come on. Get out of my way, devil. I'm tired of you, devil. Shut your mouth, devil. And a lot of times people think you're talking to them. He called me a devil. No, he didn't. I called that devil a devil. You just happened to stand in front of him. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that alone. You must take it by faith. Faith takes. After faith takes, faith never turns loose. That's our problem. Once you take it, your faith, his faith that he gives us, the faith that Jesus has, never turns loose. We turn loose. The faith don't. Our faith don't. But we turn loose. Faith rejoices not when you see what happens or when you see it happen or manifest. Take it by faith, run with it like a run. Uh, okay, how many of you have ever seen a dog get a bone and get real excited and run away and you call it and the dog won't come back? And then if you do get it to come back, the dog won't let go of the bone? We had our little dog does that. He like get a bone, you can't get rid of it. He don't want to let go. So when we take our faith, we need to do that. Don't let go of that bone. Rejoice because you have everything that pertains to life and goodness. It is yours. Live it, live like it, rejoice in it, and have a good time on your way to heaven. So we are on our way to heaven. But how to get there? Faith. If the devil steals from you, he can steal your blessings. He can steal everything. He can steal your peace. He can steal any, let me give you an example. You ever have a breakthrough because you prayed about something, you got sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired of Satan? And you take it to the altar, and that one time you take it, you get up, and that 80,000 pounds seems to be lifted off of you, and you're like, oh God, thank you, Jesus, I'm praising you, I'm worshiping you. And then you walk out the door, and you are sucker punched and hit from the side. Right back where you were. Now I got a question for y'all now. How many wants to quit letting the devil steal from you? And how many of you are willing to come up to the front? Yeah, I'm gonna do it this way. How many of you?